pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on. Enjoy. Draft Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 3 of the Draft Rugby Show, the pod they play in heaven. I'm Kagi, and I'm joined by the usual suspects, Harry and Nelson. Boys, uh, Schmelson, you two in Super Rugby Pacific, how excited are you? Am I looking at the wrong episode? No, we're good. How are you, Nelson? <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. You just took a little bit of uh, excitement out of it with that nonsense. But no, yeah, we're very excited, mate. It's getting closer, and there's been just bulk news, lots going on, new, new signings, everything's happening. So yeah, very keen to get into it. Excellent, very good. And Harry, how about you? How are you, how are you feeling? I was just so excited. I'm pretty sure on the charts we hit number one on the week for uh, the last pod that came through on all Australian rugby podcasts. Pretty sure I checked those charts like all the other guys do. And number one, guys, so it's just been a big, was big it, week. Big was week. It Can't wait graphic, to go again. Was it a graphic I made? Because that doesn't seem right. I was about to say, where did you source this data? Because uh, <laughs> is it is it Dale source data or is this um, legitimate data? Is it a, you know... <laughs> Uh, no comment. <laughs> Very good. No, well, look, my my, uh, my earlier confusion, someone stitched me up, moved my notes around, but because um, we were just talking earlier about um, call it, Nelson, calling Nelson the bath boy because uh, he seems to be the only 30-plus adult male who enjoys a bath now and then, particularly small I bath do. as well. I, I love a bath, and you said you love a hot tub with other men, so very confusing that you would bath with others but not by yourself. Yeah, no, that's true. But look, speaking of, um, I guess crude, crude acts. Um, the the only the other big news in rugby this week, um, before we get into the main ep, was of course the main man, Curly Beal, going a little bit too rugby yeah. league and um, really just blowing up our year as Tars and Wallabies fans. Um, I know we won't. We'll try not to dwell on it too long. Uh, that'll be tall order. But what did you guys? He's convinced me that he was going to be horrible this year off that attitude and behaviour alone. So it's the year of Will Harrison at fullback, and, boy, I'm excited to see it. Harry, what about you? I don't know. He's burning his bridges, isn't he? You hope for the best, but you expect the worst, I think. I was chatting to an ex-cop today at work, and he actually brought it up, and he's like, the very fact that they kept him, they didn't let him out straight away when he'd handed mm. his passport and everything else, it basically means that they've got a very strong case. There's footage of him following her into the bathroom or something along those lines, which matches her story apparently, but Allegedly. not his story. Allegedly. There we go. So uh, it doesn't look good for him, but look, I mean, yeah, we can't dwell on it too much. We don't know, and, and it's up to the courts, but very no, no. disappointing. I- I wish we could just see the uh, the chat a week prior and then the chat uh, following um, news reporting because I was like, look, uh, you know, I was convinced he was a saviour. He was going to come back, have a strong Tars season, carry us through, and then he was going to be the missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle for the Wallabies. And now I feel like this is 2019 Israel Folau all over again. And, um, you know, for me, that's the only solution I see is we need Eddie to just provide the goods, get Joseph Swali in, uh, into the Tars, replace the fullback straight in the Wallabies, and um, happy days. Is that Absolutely. Um, but, guys, a bit bit of a quick shift. How about uh, Freddie Burns joining the Highlanders yeah. after he's been last year for the Leicester Tigers? That's a, that's a big win for them. I mean, that's huge for them. They, I think that changes how their team will function massively. I'm not sure he's a guy I want in fantasy footy. Um, statistics, you know, he's, he's not necessarily getting bulk line breaks and different things, but 
In terms, goals. yeah, well, that, lots of that. But in terms of just setting the guys up around him, he's going to change their side, I reckon. I mean, but look, let's be honest, though. I mean, and this is, you know, we're getting ahead of the the New Zealand previews. I haven't got there yet, but I'm pretty sure the party at Marty's, Marty Banks, the legend, the man, the myth, is still there. I mean, is Freddie Burns going to even be able to compete with the main man, Marty Banks? Oh, yeah, it's a big decision, isn't it? Imagine just getting them both on the field at once. You just have oh. to be in them to win. <laughs> That's it, just kicking goals from everywhere. Should but, we um, get on to a uh, podcast here, Craigs? You let's are do it. Rate us back in, would you? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll, we'll get to the caps. It's good. Uh, Harry Harry always loves uh, talking about caps just because it's another figure in which he he's leading. Um, but uh, we thought we'd go a unique take on it this week with um, comparing them to test caps. So, Harry, 146-odd caps tonight. Massive. Coming up to the 150th. Um, you can tell, you can see his hair's going grey and falling out. But um, anyway, he's he's overtaken a third place uh, Sam Whitelock with 143 test caps because obviously... Pod caps, test caps. I mean, you know. Okay. I yeah, I didn't know um, Sam Whitelock had been on the pod 143 times. That's pretty good. No, that's what I'm saying. The equitable pod caps, test caps. It's you know pretty I mean? equitable. It's, yeah, it's touching good. So, um, but then we have Nelson coming in with 134 pod caps, uh, equal seventh with uh, Gareth Jenkins. Pretty good. I get. Solid, solid achievement, and uh, and I've just cracked the 120 mark, uh, and I've drawn equal with. Is this uh, is uh, this is where I don't know the stats, mate? This is right. real. Twenty second. I've drawn equal twenty second with Yuri Kushnarev, the infamous Russian fullback. Harry, was he That's the right, fullback? mate. Congratulations, so you, you is... and Yuri Kushnarev, one twenty cap seats. That's a huge achievement. Did we talk about him on Squidge Rugby podcast? <laughs> I think I feel no, like he was respected. Oh, mate, Yuri. He's getting a shout out. He's Love been it. playing from like 2007, mate. He's still going, so we we must have. How good? How good? This is uh, the first Australian. I think we could say confidently this is the first Australian rugby podcast. He's got a shout out on, so um, huge. But um, now, look, in writing us back, in, let's let's actually get on to tonight's episode where we'll conclude our Super Rugby Pacific Aussie Conference preview by looking at the remaining three teams. So last week we did the Tars, Reds, and the Fijian and Drua. And tonight we're going to look at the Force, the Rebels, and the Brumbies. So we're talking notable ins and outs, uh, what we consider to be the best starting 15s, looking at the squads, some key questions around each side, stocks, uh, players' stocks that are falling, that are rising as a result of movements, um, and any kind of smoky picks or hot shit to um, keep an eye out for in Super Rugby Pacific 2023. So without further ado, how about we um, rip in and who wants to um, get us started by looking at the Western Force significant ins and outs? Mate, I would love to. I've been studying this Western Force side oh. to work out where they're going to land. First of all, for the significant outs, we'll start there because there are a few. You've got Greg Holmes and Jeremy Thrush, two stalwarts, both retired. Throw in Richard Kahui, who has been on fire. I swear he has another 10 years in his legs, but he's also retired. Fergus Lee Warner, back row, loss, huge loss for them there going over to uh, Worcester Warriors. Then you've got Brynard Stander has been released, which is a huge drop. I'm yeah, surprised. Wow. I thought that they would have rated him higher than that. Um, Jake McIntyre, obviously one of the fly half options, gone to Perpignan. Kyle Godwin, gone to Lyon, played out of position for his entire Western Force career at outside centre. Um, I, can, I can see why he's finally jack of it. And then Byron Ralston gone to Connacht and Jack McGregor 
over to uh, back to the shoot shield to Gordon as well. There's some others there as well. Some, you know, plenty of other names, Lacey, McDonald, Masabaka, Harry Lloyd and Reddy, Andrew Reddy was the other one as well. So just so many guys out from that team and so much experience is probably the word that they're going to need to replace. It's a it's a funny one on the ins column. I mean, we've we've got some really big names for Lau Fanger coming across. Um, he's going to have to obviously fight for that starting jersey. We've we've handed it to him. We'll talk touch on that later. But Jeremy Williams, uh, a tall lock coming across. Um, he hasn't had a lot of chance in the, the last few years, so I think he's really pushing himself to get some more game time. Bryce Hegarty covering fly half and maybe fullback coming from say- the Tigers. Can I interrupt on Jeremy Williams? I wonder if um I'd love to see when he signed that contract, if it was just before or after he um I think it was Jeremy Williams, I could be wrong, but uh who or maybe it was Max Douglas actually, I was gonna say, who like dropped the ball to lose the shoot shield final the last uh, end of last year. It might have been Max Douglas, actually. I'll take it back. Maybe it was Douglas, yeah. <laughs> um Bryce Haggerty, you missed the utility. Hamish Stewart coming across, wants to be fire half. By all reports, probably going to be inside centre. Repenny Mateelli, another Mateelli. Geez, that's scary. You, and we cannot have Chase. enough Mateellis. That's fact. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and we've got Chase Tia Tia coming across from the Chiefs as well. There's plenty of other names coming across, but they're the big ones for us. Huge. They've recruited well. They've always seemed to recruit well, the force. Um, but uh, it's a Kiwis. Lots of Kiwis. I mean, the problem's that's... always been with retaining the team and trying to get some cohesion. So, speaking about cohesion, and oh, they put their best side together. Kagi, why don't you take us through your favourite position every week? The front. I was rank. just going to say the other significant in um, is the new coach. That's pretty big. I Simon Cron. Yeah, this has come across. So he, he I forgot what uh, Japanese team he came across, but uh, as you all remember... He was the Verblitz, the Toyota Verblitz under Steve Hansen um, as director of rugby. So that's that's not uh, a bad person to be learning off for a few years um, yeah. to come across to re- reignite, you know, his flames for Australian rugby. And, and you remember uh, he got absolutely stitched up by... He was about to take over at the Tars and Daryl Gibson's like, no, nope, I'm staying. And he went, are you sure? Because I'm going to leave to Japan. So if you're staying, I'm leaving. And he went, yep, definitely staying. Then he signed for Japan. And then two weeks later, Daryl Gibson's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we all know that Daryl Gibson was a spy brought in to ruin the Waratahs, but yeah. we, won't, we won't go into that on this podcast Absolutely. Again. But no, let, let's get into the best 15. Um, yes, I will start us off, please, with the most important, the front rowers, of course. Uh, as I always say, the, important, the highest jersey numbers, number one, number two, number three, most important to the team. Um, we got Tom Robinson, uh, Wallaby in at loose head. Falau Fainga, we think, will be starting at hooker. And Santiago Medrano absolutely locked down that tight head jersey and was immense for them last year. And um, in rounding out the tight five, uh, Isaac Rodder and Ryan McCauley, pretty handy pairing there. Uh, Ryan McCauley, I think, did, uh, again, an X-Tar, did, certainly started growing a bit more into, into the role last year. And with some of the people leaving, like Fergus Lee Warner and whatnot, we think he's set for a lot of game time, so should be good. Yep. When we roll into the back row, we've got Tim Anstey at six. He's got a lot of versatility. He can cover lock, gets a bit of game time at number eight, even number seven. Kane Koteka, 
we think he can still hold on for at least some of this season. He's, he's got some real push um, from a few other people's coming through. Ollie Callan for one. Um, and then we've got Michael Wells at number eight. Isaac finds Lily Awasa at number nine. And the trickiest one, I think, to pick probably in this whole side is who's going to play number 10 um, with Reese John Pasatoa out for most of the season. Um, so we've gone for Bryce Hegarty, Mr. Utility, to slot in at the 10 jersey. Yeah, and I guess that one of the reasons that it's so hard to pick is just because of the fact that they have no centres. And you just got to work out which playmakers you're going to play in centre. So for That's us, we went... If they said it's- has, has Hegarty played centre, though, or has he only played? No, he's 10, 15 all day long. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, Amy Stewart's the obvious choice at 12. We'll push Bailey Kunzel out to 13, which I'll be honest, I'm not that confident with. But at the same time, I think their next choice was maybe George Pullman. So, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that they're going to go with that inexperience. That's why we've gone that way with the Stuart Kunzel uh, duo. They- also signed um, Sam Spink, who's come across from Wasps. Couple caps there, 23-year-old. Pretty sure he's an outside centre, but, again, he just doesn't seem like he's uh, someone who's going to definitely throw himself into that jersey. Yeah. Also, and then, uh, I was going to say, worth noting as well, Bryce, Bryce Hegarty, this is his fourth super happy team that he's played for now. Yeah, he's just going to get rumbies after this, and, uh, and he will he's, cap he's them all. following the Smith brothers to see if yeah. he can get to every side. He'll go to South Africa soon. Um, Manasa Mataeli, we think he'll get it over the wood over his brother for a few more years yet. <laughs> Tony Pulu on the right wing, and then we've got Chase Fullback best here. Too. <laughs> so uh, there, there's a lot of strike power in those outside backs, which is pretty exciting to be honest. Uh, surely, inside, surely Chase has come across because he just wants to play. So he wants to start at 15. 100. Give me a start. I don't get who it is. I'll show the, you how it's basically. Back three of Kiwis and then the rest of fly halves. Now they've just got to slot into other. Just give the ball to the Kiwis, basically. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reserve backs, guys, we've got Ian Pryor on the bench. We think that it was starting to be turning the tides of Isaac Fines, Le Wasa taking over him last year. And we think it'll probably nail it down this year as they both age another year. Obviously, Pryor will still probably get a fair bit of game time. Then we couldn't pick our inside back bench. Maybe they'll just run more forwards, to be honest. You, you never know. We might get Ollie Callan on the bench. Instead of one of these guys, but Grayson McCarr and Reese Tapine, um, they they both are, we think are pretty neck and neck for that inside center spot, inside back spot, and then finally we have got Jake Strawn as the twenty three jersey as well. I think probably earns his spot in the squad. Yeah, and sorry we didn't do the reserve forwards, but we'll just quickly rattle them off. Um, Folletti Kaya two in at hooker, Angus Wagner and Bo Abra. Uh, developing strongly, really, um, in in the props there. Um, and Nels, do you want to give us the the locks? Yeah, we've gone Jeremy Williams, a very tall guy. Hopefully, get some good game time to to insert himself into this side. Um, and then Jackson Pugh and Ollie Callan will be fighting out for a spot. I mean, we could see Jackson Pugh starting. We could see Ollie Callan starting. Uh, Pugh can even play a little bit of lock as well. So it's going to be quite tricky, I think, in that that back three to really lock down a jersey. If you're not playing well, expect them to get. St- get dropped and that's even Michael Wells coming across from the Rebels as captain. He he is not a shorter start in this back three in, in the forward. So it'll be a good competition. And I think, well, look, while we're on that, it's it's we're, we're a little bit of a spoiler because we're jumping ahead to a smoky, but Jackson Pugh um, just came off the back of a, an awesome season for Auckland in the NPC Cup. Um, and he was playing number eight there quite a bit. So um, bagged himself a couple of tries. Um, it's just really grown in form, like, size stature experience like really had a really sudden rapid rise um and played for australia and things like that so you're absolutely right um him and callan 
we could see feature a lot. We could be absolutely wrong, but um, we could see Jackson Pugh really getting amongst it. So huge. Uh, the, Harry, do you want to take us to the key questions for the Western Force? Yeah, so I guess the first one you kind of touched on, Kagi, already. It's just what effect do you think Simon Cron is going to have on this team? If nothing else, he's had a, a very good group of people around him in his career so far. I'll, uh, Kagi, you wanted to talk Cronny, so you can you get into this one. Sure. Um, Cronny, well, you've, you've gotten me um, completely off the coffee a bit. Uh, Look, I mean, he he was great. He was like he was he, when he was coaching in, in the Shoot Shield um, just before he moved up to Tars assistant. Like he, I forget which club I should remember, but I forget which club he, he won with. But um, it, by all accounts, he was absolutely you know the best coach in Shoot Shield. Um, and he's yeah, I mean he, he's a he's a Kiwi's and he's come across coached many really really good teams. Um, I feel like I've forgotten everything about him just with the year or two he's been in Japan now. To be honest, but. Yeah, I think a big thing for him is, like, he seems like he's got very high standards. Um, So with these competitions that, you know, for for some of the positions, if you're not performing, I don't think he's afraid to drop you. I don't think he's afraid to pick someone up out of shoot shield, you know, to to fill spots um, because he's got a, a good strong link there as well. But he was talking about that he wants to build a really strong culture where people want to play for the Western force and and try to bring, you know, friends and family over and people that they, you know, play with. So he he seems highly detailed in the way he plays and he's, you know, strong in his culture. So I think they're two probably key things for this side. If they've got, you know, really uh, attacking-minded outside backs and inside backs that can get the ball to them, it is all about detail. They need to look two, three phases ahead to create the space for their wingers and their fullback. So it'll be interesting to see how he he shapes up with them. The one thing I do, I remember him saying, like, August, like so early last year, is he basically said, I just want our guys to be huge and buff so we win the contact every single time next year. He said October is the start of pre-season, but we're starting early. We've got the best nutritionists, best training and conditioning coaches to make sure that we are huge for next year. So if nothing else, Manasa Mateo is going to be even bigger. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Next key question, fellas. How do you fit, and I know there's one shortcut answer here, but Asatoa, Hegarty, Kunzel and Stewart into one squad of 23, and that's obviously assuming Pasatel was fit, but uh, there's a lot of playmakers there that are going to expect some game time. Yeah, I yeah. think you hope for injuries. <laughs> um, I, I think realistically for me, Pasatel is the future of this side as a 10. He's made it clear that he wants to be there and be there long-term um, and that he's, you know, Western Australian boy at heart. So he would be my first pick and I'd be giving him game time at 10. But we know he's out for a large chunk of this season. So it then starts to feel more like we're shuffling players around to, to see who's going to fill that role next. Um, Kunsul, uh, I mean, yeah, Kunsul started off as a 10, shifted out to 12. We're now talking about being 13 because he's quite a physical ball runner. I don't I don't think he's a 10 anymore. I think he is a centre and, and more than likely it's, you know, 12, potentially a 13 with that size. Stewart's played a lot of time, been the glue for the Reds back line at number 12. So for me, he fits in there and, and Hegarty's that, you know, 10, 15, you know, combination can fill one or the other. So for me, I think the way we've gone, Hegarty 10, Stewart 12, and maybe Kunzel 13, if he's not on the bench with someone else filling that role, seems to me like a clear choice. Yeah, 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 for no, sure. 
I think you knew that I would be echoing the exact same thing. Pastor Toa starts all day of the week. My friend is an absolute phenom. Yeah, I just want to see as much of him as I can. And um, I think you're right. I think, look, Stewart's clearly uh, could can, can still play 10, but he's a 10 or 12. And Kunzul, I think, I think you're right. I think he has transitioned away from being a 10 and he's a bigger center. So at the lack of having 13 options, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who can get that done. So um, they kind of pick themselves there at the moment. But if they're all fit... I don't know. I mean, I think Hegarty becomes a great bench option, doesn't he? Because he can come on, play 10 or 15. Um, so I don't know if he does himself a disservice with that. But um, yeah, uh, it's it's really going to be the same trouble as always, which is can they get the ball outside to the wingers? Hopefully with three former 10s in there, they can, you know. <laughs> so Yeah, that's right. Uh, i got one more, and this is a Kagi question. Mm. How many games will first year out of school... Rupeni Mateele play in 2023? Look, surely it's got to be about half of them. No, okay, I'm kidding. If I'm being, if I'm being realistic, like, <clears throat> hopefully he gets on in two or three games. But um, If there's an injury to Tony, Tony Pulu, then, like, are you, you're putting him straight in or what, what are you going to do? I mean, I would because, you know, if you – it does, isn't it exponential? If you have two Mateele's on the field, it's like an exponential increase in performance in try scoring. I just exactly. That's how I think it works. So Absolutely. Um, but no, I think it's, look, he'd, he'd be lucky to get a couple of runs off the bench. Uh, but you're right. If there's an injury or two, uh, I mean, there have been a fair amount of guys who have been in the squad a long time, really looking for some game time, but, uh, you never know. It'd be, um, I'd be leaning on him. He's going to get a crack. I reckon he's going to get a crack in this year and he's going to catch us all by surprise. He, he seems like by all reports, a very special player. He is very young. Tony Pulu is what, how old is he now? He's 44, 34. Was very patchy in parts through last year. They do have a few other names of players that have sort of filled the role, you know, Reese Tappany. Um, but yeah, do, do they shift Jake Strawn in there or TT to the wing? I think we will see uh, Rapeni Mateli get a crack. It might not be early in the year, but it might be off the bench off the bench after an injury, and he will want to stay in that twenty three. And I think he'll do enough to be, you know, getting four or five games at least in this match at the back in this year at the back end of the season. I feel like you're doing the Kagi hype of just picking the new player and um mate, his name's Mateli. <laughs> that's fair. But you're not you're not gonna get any I'm not gonna contest you on it. Uh I'm just not sure if I would have gone as far to say the same thing. But... I, I teed you up, Kagi. I can't believe you didn't go full full ball on him just absolutely <laughs> so now he's your first draft pick. All yeah. right fellas pushing on the stock's rising. Who have you got as the players that we think are going to really rise and make a name for themselves, really, I guess, establish themselves as a good Super Rugby player? For some of those that are that way inclined, great fantasy picks as well. What do you reckon? Well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll pick the, the low-hanging fruit here, mate. Chase Tia Tia. As we've said, job done. Fullback jerseys his. Give this guy some constant game time and also give him, like, you know, some space and quite a lot of attacking responsibility in that back line. And, I mean, I think he's going to absolutely just flair in, in this team in this so it's i can't wait to see what he can do um but yeah i mean you can't you can't really get a, more of a better scenario than going from somewhere where you're constantly on the bench to here's your jersey mate it's yours you know until you get injured basically so um hugely stocks are rising for him i'd say and else 
Uh, look, mine's Hegarty. Uh, I think before he left Australia, he was playing very, very well. Um, his downside's been that he has been moved around between a few clubs, between 10 and 15, but he has always always been a, you know, the bare least serviceable. I think at times he's actually been quite solid and a really good choice at 10 or 15. This is a year that you know I think he'll get a lot of game time um, and hopefully it's not in the 23 jersey or the 22 jersey throughout the whole year because if he's starting, I think he's a real threat and he's a, a real class leader of, of the back line around the field. And I wonder if he's still got the turn of pace in those uh, in those legs. Like, he's not, he's not actually that old, I don't think. But you remember, in most teams he's played in, he's been, like, the surprisingly fastest player in all the teams. Like, it's crazy. He's 30. Yeah, he's 30. And uh, he definitely has had, uh, has had a turn of pace in the past. He's 30's not past it. No, no, no it's not. I don't know. I just feel like because he's been at four super clubs and overseas, it feels like he's been around forever. You know what I mean? It feels like he's 35 or something, but okay, there you yeah. go. Um, guys, stocks are falling. Who, who are the guys that we don't think are going to go well? I might go straight off the bat. I'm going to say Palau Fainga'a. I think he's been such a good player for the Brumbies for so many years, obviously having increasingly stiff competition from all the other Wallabies hookers in their side. I would think, you know, the, the general public is going to say that he's going to come over, he's going to have things his own way. Ladikatu, who kind of fell out of the Wallabies picture last year. So he should be getting big minutes, scoring big points in fantasy footy and just all around, you know, really making a name for himself. I actually think the opposite will happen. I think that he will get some minutes. Ladikatu will probably sit behind him. But I think that taking away the rolling mall try, I just don't think that the, the, the force are going to be able to get that going the same kind of way when you've got players like McCauley in there that are just less experienced. And, they, you know, the, even the loose forwards, Michael Wells coming in, there's just not the same kind of cohesion. So mm. I think you take that away from his game, it's going to be massive. And then it, apart from that, it always takes t- players two or three years to hit their straps with a new side. So he's decided to move the year of a Rugby World Cup and then he's expecting to hit the ground running. It's a lower-performing team, take away his easy scoring option where he makes an impact. I think he's, he's set for a tough year. I think he's going to put himself out of the equation personally. It um, didn't take Matt Daly three years. I mean, it's Matt Daly, mate. It's to be fair. I think wingers are a little bit different. It is, yeah. no, for sure. And, and also, you forget, Falafeng has been at the one club forever, and he's got all, you know, he's got the brotherhood there. He's got all these guys, all these that, guys that he's, he's, he's formed a really tight bond with in the Brumbies and the Wallabies, and he's moving the other side of the country. So it will be really interesting to see if he can reinvent himself, but I'm with you. My money's, my money's struggling. I agree. Uh, well, I'll pick one for um, play uh, stocks that are falling. Um, and I actually think um, a, a controversial one here, but Tim Anstey, um, who's someone that, you know, featured a lot all throughout my fantasy side last year and I had super high hopes for. But I just think some increased um, competition from Ollie Callan and Jackson Pugh and then Michael Wells in there as well. Um, he, I just, you know, I was really hoping last year he would kind of lock down the eight jersey or, uh, you know, just he, for me, he was one of the starting picks. But I think, you know, he might he might struggle a little bit. Just there's a lot of competition for those kind of back three jerseys. Um, so I think that'll be to his detriment. I think it's a good shout. Like I, I was tempted to not put him in the starting side of our best side. I think he's, he'll start the year there. But, mm. I mean, we could easily see Pew come in and take that spot. And, you know, with his versatility, he can go to the bench and, and cover anything from, you know, four, five to, to eight. So uh, he's he's got to come out firing or else he definitely risks losing that spot. For sure. And, Nelson, you got any players' stocks are falling in the force? Uh, 
It's it's probably hard to say, but look, it's it's Reese Jam Pasatoa. Um, he's a guy that we've we've had high hopes for, and he's had a, a couple sort of injuries now. Um, I'm not sure if we get to see him through the back end um, of this season, or at what point he's returning. Um, he, he's talked about, I think he's only 21. He's talking about wanting to be the the best fly half in the world, not just the Wallabies number 10. And I absolutely love the attitude. Um, but he's, you know, a, a relatively bigger body 10 who's had a few breakdown injuries, like these jo- joints seeming to break down, a few little kind of things here and there early on in his career. And I just hope it doesn't become a long-term thing for him. But I was so hyped from last year thinking he was going to start every you know, every game and play every minute. And this year we're just not going to get to see much of him. So no fault of his own, but, yeah, he's, he's falling for me. Sweet as. And guys, look, we've already talked about Jackson Pugh. I, I pointed him out as a um, as a smoky, as someone who I think might just come out of nowhere, surprise people after only kind of playing a handful of games for the force last year. Anyone else? I mean, we've also talked about uh, the young Mata Eli, who might just come out and uh, be the top, the most most valuable player in the force. Who knows? But um, look, I'll, I'll go out on Ollie Callan. I'm, I'm a big Ollie Callan fan. He, he got a few opportunities last year. Um, He's he's an exciting young player. He's 22 years old, came across from England, 100 kgs, 185 centimetres, but he's can play open side, he can play blind. Uh, he's very, very strong over the ball, which I think is something that, you know, Kateka offers, but no one else really offers in this side. And, and I think he's probably a bit more solid than Kateka over the ball. So if it's something that they want to add to their back row, um, he's he's got a shout to, to insert himself into that back three of the of the forwards there. Excellent, Harry. Anything further from you, or should, or can I uh, can we kick on? Oh, look, we can kick on. I would just make note of if you if you don't believe that they're going to play a backline full of playmakers, then you can put your money down on Spinkle Pullman as a smoky just to try and get some game time with that outside centre jersey. But obviously, we we are uh, drawing uh, drawing some some real speculation there. So who knows? Good shout, good shout. I mean, we might even see some sevens players like Tim Anstey just get out in the back line and centres. Who knows? It's why not, why not? <laughs> now. All right. Well, look, let's push on then to. Our second uh, to to last team, the Melbourne Rebels. And Harry, we haven't heard a lot out of you. So would you like to take us through the significant ins and outs of the Rebels for 2023? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, they've they've got a fair few. I mean, number one, we talked about in last pod, it's Monte Ioane, right? Like he has to be the biggest pick by a country mile. Uh, Obviously the Italian winger, um, Digby's nephew. Nephew. Nephew, right? Uh, Definitely not up on the international stage. He's going to be an absolute weapon for them. I think he's he's going to be fire. So let, let's let's put him out first. He's clearly their top pickup. Uh, Sam Talakai, obviously, just been capped for the Wallabies. It adds some real depth at tight head for them now. Um, he's going to be competing pretty hard with Kobus Ilof and Pone Fa'amalsili. I don't know how you get those three all game time at tight head, to be honest. But it's uh, it's a good problem to have for them. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but none of those guys are loose hits. Um, <laughs> Alex, Ma- I guess Pone was a number eight, mate. He can play anyway. Uh, Alex Murphy has come across, obviously, the hooker from the Reds. We thought he was the Reds' best hooker and has obviously had a few injury uh, injury interrupted seasons. So high hopes for him. They've also brought Anaru Rangi back to the side to try and get a little bit more depth in the side there as well. And then you've also got, um, what's his name? The uh, halfback, Ryan Lawrence, Ryan. has come over as well. So uh, old biceps, the uh, the crush of every every fan, every Rebels fan. Just the Jeez, absolute... It, mate, 
So hopefully, if, if he's not on the field, hopefully shirtless on the side of the field to bring back the fans to the Melbourne Rebels games. I mean, when you saw photos of him, it totally made sense that he must have been on steroids at one point because, jeez, his body is phenomenal. <laughs> his don't, arms don't are just insane. Don't put that out there. Don't put that out there. No, he got caught for it. <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not breaking news. This was years ago. But, um, jeez, he's, uh, he's a fit man. Um, so if we go into the outs, the, the big one, obviously, is Matt Omua. Um, but there's been there's quite a few in this list as well. He was he was a player that I think we really wanted to see control the rebels, and we maybe didn't get enough out of him, um, which was a bit disappointing. But they also have lost Michael Wells, James Hansen, Joe Powell, Jarrell Skelton, someone that we had hoped to see a lot of um, in the future has gone across the league. You know, terrible choice, but we can't all make good choices. Um, they've also lost, uh, you know, a stalwart for them, Ross Haylett Petty, one that always left us a little bit scratching our heads, uh, how he's getting on so much. But he was someone that was there and always ready to, to work hard for them. Um, so they've lost a lot. Also, Sefa Agassi, Effie Ma'afu. So there's quite a few kind of guys that were in and around the squad, young Tonamapia. Um, that are, are leaving, but the big ones, yeah, to more power wells. And look, is, does there have to be more to the story with Alex Murphy coming down to the Rebels? Because when, when you leave a Reds team where it seems like for all money it's your jersey, and you know, an awesome Reds team at that, like you feel like there's got to be more to the story there. Um, whether it's I think the relationship it was, it was with Brad Dawn or what, yeah. Yeah, I think there was a there was a report that one of I can't think of who it would be now, but one of his really good mates are down here um, at, at the Rebels, so that he was coming across to to spend time, you know, get get close to one of his mates. But I don't know who that is. Looking around the squad, I go, who was from the Reds that it could be? So, I mean, Tuttle, Saravi. Mm. I mean, no one really lines up. Maybe it is Tuttle. I don't know. Mm. Guys, I was just uh, just looking forward to some of the listener questions as well. And shout out to Ando. He's he's read our mind. His question was, will Lauren's instantly become the WAG's favourite in Super Rugby Pacific? And I can say firmly yes, without a doubt. Our wife doesn't know who he is yet, and I'm going to keep it that way as long as I can. Unless, <laughs> yes, I, unless I wanted to watch, then, I mean, genius. I mean, so yeah. we'll, put, we'll put Harry's home address in um, the show notes, and you can start um, sending photos uh, to uh, for his wife. <laughs> Stiff competition. No one going to ask his body, mate. That's, that's up there as well. Does he have the guns though? I don't know. It's um, but look, let's press on. Uh, let's take a look at the best fifteen. We think uh, based on the Mel- the Rebel squad for twenty three. I'll start us off with a tight five. Um, loose head Matt Gibbon coming off um, some Wallabies caps, pretty huge. Um, Alex Murphy, we think uh, has got the uh, got the goods over uh, Rangi and uh, Jordan Ulysses. The we're no longer referring to him as the prince that's promised. He's he's had that title stripped. So the, the last time you hear that, he's the prince that's got married to an American and left and made Hollywood. <laughs> I was going to say he's, he's definitely <laughs> from now on. He just doesn't want the attention anymore. Yep, exactly that. Um, and then starting, I mean, look, it's toss a coin between Pone Farmasili and Kabus Ilof because um, they both <laughs> have just been immense last year. Um, like, it's hard to tell, but we're probably going to go with ponies. you're starting. But we, I think they'll share a lot of game time. And then, like we said, they've got the riches of Sam Tal- the depth of Sam Talakai in there as well to um, to, to support there. Uh, and then the locks, they pick themselves pretty easily. We think Matt Phillip and uh, Trevor Hosea, which is a pretty formidable locking partnership, and that'll be good. Um, I want to see more of Hosea, uh, you know, after missing a lot of last season, but being very promising in 2021 and a bit earlier. 
Yeah, Did you guys sure. listen to the podcast uh, with the coach just talking about Trevor Hazar? He turned up after off-season training 2022, and they said he just passed his fitness testing. So they kicked him out of training. They just said, mate, you're better than that. If that's all you're going to do, then you're wasting your time. We expect a lot more from you. So that's why you didn't see him at the start of the season, because he basically flogged him and said, no, nah, you're, not, you're not good enough if that's all you're doing, just passing by. Yeah, so he says he's kind of he's come back very, very strong. He's very fit, very big, crushing all his testing. So most last year. I thought he was injured all the last year. No? Not at the start of the season, mate. That's oh. what I was saying. They kicked him out of training. Yeah. So yeah. he's got his body right and he's he's yeah. back, mate. We're gonna see what we Excellent. wanted last year from Trevor Hosea. Yeah, he, he yeah, did, I was I was looking for him to put on a few more kilos as well because he was uh, he he has that menace about him. He just needed to back it up with a few more kegs to be absolutely yeah. destructive. So yeah. that should be good. Um, now, speaking so of destructive Rob, players, do you want to take us through the back row? Yeah, jumping across, we've got Rob Leota at six. He is a destructive man as well in that number six jersey. Uh, Brad Wilkin uh, really evolved last year after having quite a few injury-disrupted years, and I think he's going to be really pivotal for them this season. Tamati Iwani, who broke onto the scene in 2022, just want to see more of him. You know, like he, he, he kind of exploded into the scene, faded away a little bit. Um, kind of came in and out, but he is a, a very, very physical man. And if he's starting at that number eight jersey, geez, I'd be worried if I was on the other side. Does does the fact that the Rebels now have two starting Yuanis uh, that are awesome, just like you know, by nature, make them the dark horse of the Aussie Conference, or what? Like, what's the? It, it definitely helps. Um, and then we go across to the halves. We've gone with James Tuttle. Um, there is some contention. We can talk about it a little bit later, I, I think, uh, at who will be the number nine with cohesion and different things. But him pay, partnering up with Carter Gordon in the number 10 jersey is the way we see it. And just let Carter Gordon play, boys. Just let the man play. Just let the man have the jersey. Exactly. I love that there was some contest about James Tuttle starting when we were debating this. He won the Players' Player of the Year. So, well, like, we, no, it's not because we we all thought he was the clear best. But the issue was they were talking about cohesion. This was you that put it up, and Carter Gordon was playing alongside. Was it Sarovi? Um, in no, the no, that, was, that was that was well after. I think that was a very good. Uh, yeah, no, totally is well clearly there, talk the about. best for me. But, uh, yeah. All right, excellent. We're getting us back on track. Uh, Harry, do you want to take us through the the back split? Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I still have no idea who's going to play centres for them, to be completely honest. We've gone for what was their first choice last year when their red cards weren't stopping it from happening. So you got Ray, the red card, Nu'u. Uh, I, I believe he's one red card away from being kicked out of the entire side, and I mean that as a fan of Nu'u, I thought he was very good at inside centre before he got so targeted all those So times. you really want to make it worth it when you go for it, you know what I mean? Just Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, this is career on the line for him. I mean it. He's, uh, he's a good player, but... Jesus Christ. Uh, Stacey Ely, we have it outside centre, obviously international player, um, pretty well established, pretty experienced now. There's a lot of young guys that are going to be pushing for that jersey, but I think they're probably the established two that you think if you're going to go status quo, continue to build the combinations, that makes the most sense. Then I've got Monty Iwani on the left wing. You guys happy for me to pick him? Really happy with uh, that. Yeah. I mean, look, he's got some big shoes to fill, uh, but pretty, pretty happy on that. He'll do all right, I reckon. Andrew Kellaway at 14 and Reese Hodge at 15. I know that there's obviously going to be some uh, some competition there that Kellaway might get some time at 15 and you shift Hodge somewhere else. I don't I don't dislike putting Hodge at 13 
Callaway to 15 and then getting like Ripley or something like that under the wing. But I don't think that's what they'll do. I think they'll try and stick to what they've played the most consistently. You know, there's been a lot of cohesion chat with them. Uh, the bench fellas, have you talked about that? No, we haven't. Um, but yeah, for the forwards, look, Cameron Orr is a shoe in for, for loose head and he'll compete with, with Matt Gibbon for game time. Um, Rangi uh, or Ulysses um, for bench hooker. And then uh, Elof, uh, like we said, the combo of Elof or Pone. Um, and then there's uh, not only Sam Talakai, there's also still Reese Van Neck, who um, has also been very good. But so lots of depth at tight head there. Um, and Nelson. Like Aussie props, mate. Australia's yeah, props. Mate, they got some prop stocks. So bloody good at the moment. It's our. And we're sending half of them over to New Zealand, filling the All Blacks too. So we're doing pretty good. Um, we've got uh, Josh Cannon as our lock on the bench with Josh Kemeny. Look, we've got him slash with Richard Hardwick. Dickie Hardwick has done a lot for this team and been in and out. And, and look, he got some Wallaby caps early on. He has had good moments in recent years. But Josh Kemeny had a breakout, I think it was 2021, before being injured through through most of the last year. And he's an exciting player, mainly covering six, cover seven. Um, so I, I hope we're seeing a lot of him. So he's sitting there in the bench back row spot for us, followed by Ryan Lowens, uh, the bicep triceps man himself he's going to be ripping balls into the far wing i think from the far right he's thrown to the far left on the chest like that's what his arms are made I for didn't sure that's where you're going with that the dramatic know. pause there yeah true <laughs> <laughs> ripping balls um and, and harry and who, yeah. who and, and to finish guys we've got glenn vaihu and lucas ripley two exciting players that made their debuts last year uh, I, I was really impressed by them, to be honest. I think they'll both get starting time as well. Vahu, I don't know if he's going to end up somewhere in the centres or on the outer wing. And same question, really, for Ripley. So some really good opportunity there for those two to try and establish themselves. And really, it wouldn't surprise me if, if either or both of those guys are in the starting 23 by the end of the year. For sure. Yeah. All right, well, that takes us into the key questions facing the Melbourne Rebels 2023 or the Melbourne slash Cohesion Rebels 2023. Hmm. Um, TMI. Yeah, TMI. TWI, TWI. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, can the halves pairing stack up at super level? Harry. Tuttle and Gordon. Uh, short answer, no. <laughs> Jeez, I know it's not what Rebels fans want me to say, and I think I might be turning a few people off here, but I think James Tuttle is very good. I think he's he's another year in the in the saddle. Um, obviously, he kind of established, established himself over the top of Joe Carl last year, and that was very impressive to see him come back after that repeat Achilles rupture. Um, he's got all the skills. He can kick goals. He reads the game well. I'm not sure if he's quite as quick as what he used to be, but I think he can do a pretty good role just steering the ship around. And you think they're kind of Competition is the likes of Nick White, Aaron Smith, Jake Gordon. Like there's some freakish, freakish talents that he's competing against. Carter Gordon, again, young guy, now had a couple of seasons in Super Rugby, kind of got thrown in the deep end early last year, and then it just got they just backtracked way too much, really really took him away from the limelight and then just kind of hoped that he would develop in the background, I think, while Tuamua steered the ship around. So, you know, it's it's now, uh, I guess, uh, sink or swim for Carter Gordon. He's going to have 
a pretty solid forward pack in front of him and hopefully some decent service from Tuttle. But, geez, he's got all the talent. I'm, I'm just not 100% convinced he can be consistently solid at this at this level. And I think that's the biggest question. At their best, both Tuttle and Gordon can be really solid. Can they match it week in, week out with the best sides? I'm not so sure. I just need the Tim Horan introduction uh, about Carter Gordon every week, uh, every game. It's Tim, Timmy Horan just to talk him up to the to high heavens. Um, you know, it's going to be to... one of his ten. Well, the Pasatoa, the Pasatoa chat after <laughs> round one or two. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> definitely in the Wallabies squad. Very so true. Nelson, do you have Rebels, any... Santa Combo Nelson? I've, I've given a few of my thoughts. Who do you think is going to start the season and who's going to finish the season if they're all fit? Look, I think we're definitely going Renu and Stacey Illy. I've chucked an extra L in there for free for Illy. There's only one in there, but um, that's that's how it's going to start out. Um, Illy, I, Illy was quite promising last year. He is getting on a little bit. It depends if they're going to look to try to start building um, a future, you know, backline through their squad. Carter Gordon, you know, as their ten. If they're sticking with him, maybe it is time to give someone like Glenn Vihu a centre spot or Lucas Ripley. Um, Reynu, is he going to red card himself into an abyss this season? It's when, hard to when. know, but it's, it's uh, when. It's when. Uh, when will he red card, card himself into an abyss? Uh, I, I think at least one, my opinion is at least one of Glenn Vihu or Lucas Ripley. For me, it's probably Vihu is going to be in the centres by the, at the end of the year. Um, I think Glenn Vihu as a 12 um, is is a very exciting young player coming through. But also, I mean, <laughs> Lucas Ripley can cover wings and, and centres as well. But for me, I think Glenn Vihu is probably the utility type 12 that will fill a role for them when Ray Nuu gets red nude. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Um, I will be, uh, conversely to you, I think Lucas Ripley is your man um, who's your, your, your phenom that you want to get into that 13 jersey. Um, we had, he had a game or two where he had an absolute Barry Crocker and we shot all over him. Um, but then he had that game where he scored three tries, um, or, or four tries. Was it? I can't remember. Um, but I think, uh, he's just an absolute youngster with, you know, so much room to grow. Um, and very exciting. So I, I think it's, it's when Rayner who gets his red card gets sent off, what do they do? And, um, it's, you know, do you move, um, do you move, uh, Illy into 12? Cause he's played 12 for Samoa as well. Things like that. Um, and give Lucas Ripley a go at 13, or do you move Hodge? It kind of depends how they want to use Hodge. Um, you move Hodge in, for that matter. No, you move no. Hodge in. Stop, stop fucking with Kellaway. Kellaway is not a centre. No, 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 I didn't say Kellaway. No, I said, do you move, no, no. move Illy into 12 and you oh. put Ripley in at 13? Can you, I, was, I was having a go at Harry. He said, I'm, uh, I'm Kellaway. Not, you I'm not Kellaway sure that they back. say it like that way. That's all. I think Kellaway might be maybe a little bit sterner this year and say, guys, leave me out in the outside backs. Yeah. I want to be Kellaway full starting all of his team. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm with a lot of outside last year. I know. I'm with. I'm with. I think we're all on the same page there. None of us. No one wants to see Callaway playing 13. Callaway doesn't want to play 13. Don't put him in 13. Okay. Yeah. Very simple. Um. So yeah. No. I think we've. I think we've nailed that question. Uh. And then <laughs> moving on to, um. How many of the Rebels' young guns will make a starting spot their own in 2023? I mean, I guess we kind of just talked about that again. But um. It's, it's those guys we've talked about. Literally, it's Vihu, Ripley. You know, they're fighting it out. Um, they're probably it, you know. Carter exactly. Gordon, Jose is a young I mean, gun, but I mean, that's locked in as well. Like, I, th- I think Canham's a chance if Jose doesn't come through. You know, we talked up the hype of him being physically better, but I thought Canham was pretty solid last year in a losing side. I thought he was pretty impressive. And then the other one I want to say is 
I don't know if he still counts as a young and he hasn't been around that long, but Josh Kemeny coming back from injury, I'm excited to see him go around. I think that he has the potential to force his way into that back row, maybe above to Marty Ioane if he's playing his best footy as well. He's just yeah. he's a I very think, good player. I think there is question marks on Tamani Ioane. Can he do it all season? Is he going to be consistent there? So I think that's a pretty good shout. I'll answer it. Yes, he can, and leave him starting, please. Um, so... <laughs> Um, no, and look, and a great, another listener question, Mitch from the Pick and Drive. Will the Rebels beat any New Zealand sides this year? Can we uh, rephrase Nelson? that question? Will any New Zealand side beat the Rebels this year? All right. Well, yes. if you answer it that way, yes. I'm prepared to answer that one with a big yes. Um, but back to the original question. Will the Rebels beat any New Zealand sides this year? Nelson? No. Harry? Does Moana Pacific account? They do. No. We'll count it. No. No. <laughs> Savage. Savage. No, look, I, I genuinely think that they uh they've they've got a pretty good 15, a couple of question marks in there. But I'm I'm worried about their depth from the second row back. I, I'm just not really sure they have enough experience. I I think they're gonna struggle a little bit. The same as the Western Force. The the thing that helps them is that, you know, this year finally we're getting the crossover matches early and throughout the season. It's not injure all your players in the first half of the season against the Aussies and then bring on your third string Rebels against the Kiwis. So maybe that's something that gives them a little bit more help early on if if we're worried about their depth. Just to keep some listeners in um, in the second best city in Australia, um, I'll say yes, the Rebels will get a win um, in 2020. Who against? Islanders. I'm not going to say who, just that they might get a win and um, could be minor. Highlanders Burns, mate. Highlanders have Freddie Burns. I'm not beating them. Yeah, mate. Where's the cohesion? All right. Well, let's let's push on. Stocks are rising. Again, we've talked about all these players, but look, Tamati Iwani, stocks are rising, boys. Starting at eight, give the man some game time. Surely he's just going to absolutely crush everyone in the competition and um, it's going to be great. Yeah, look, I think the big thing is if he's just got his body right. He was a big unit and damaging last year, but he could play about 15 minutes of footy. So if he's fitter, then, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's definitely worthwhile. The one I had was uh, Carter Gordon. I think, you know, it's it's his, his <clears> ship <throat> to steer. I said that he can be brilliant in patches. If, if he can try and get that consistency down pat, I think he's going to be brilliant. But either way, I think the jersey will be his. I think the, the backup that, might be uh, Nick Juiced. And, uh, look, I... I think again another young player with a with a potential to really make a step forward, but I think it's Gordon's jersey and he's got all season to make it work. Yep. Nels, yeah. I would uh, I would allow you to talk about Brad Wilkins stocks are rising, but we don't have another twenty minutes to spare. Um, we know he was awesome last year and he's Brad Wilkins. He's only getting better. Uh, he is again. He can't rise more than last year, man. That was and, a big step forward. And, and speaking he of can, people who can't he rise will. further, someone put Monty Iwani in here and then we've corrected them to say, um, he's not rising, mate. He's already risen. He's an international yeah, player. I, I, think Harry, it, so. I, I think Harry put him in and I'm like, do not pick him. That's good. I, I, look, I was going to let someone get away with the blame here, but Nelson, I'm glad you pointed him out. Um, and stocks are falling. Um, we've got Kabos Ilof in here. Um, and what we're a saying, year he had. That's why. Because he just had the best 2022. <laughs> yeah. He was True, like I, a fan favorite, mate. He was yeah, I, he was an adopted burn boy. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, pretty hard to replicate that, to be fair. And if there is a fit pony in there in in, in waiting, um, who's had it, who's who's had a taste of the Wallaby squad as well, and um, Talakai, uh, and Talakai. Yeah, it is. You can't say anything, but his stocks have probably got a fall. But but the other thing is, I think Kobus Ilof is eligible for the Wallabies this year, so maybe he just keeps. <laughs> 
turning it on. Going, he just ends up as the backup tight head for the Wallabies. True, but he, I'm, I'm looking forward to another few of his his big run ups and um and some barging overs and tries and um, him losing his shorts and seeing the pink yeah, budgies again. Right, you know, pink budgies. It's going to be good. So, um, any any other ones? Stocks are falling. Well, look, in the same category, it's Talakai, isn't it? The, the guy's made his Wallabies debut last year, and I'm not sure he's in the 23. And and that's a that's a pretty big fall for me, even though it's his first, you know, first year back in the the Rebels. I wouldn't be sure he's above. Um, Pony and Cobos Il Cobos Ilof. So it's, it's a four for me. It's got to be a four unless he's somehow starting every single game. And I just don't see it. If only he went back to the Reds, back home, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and Harry, you got anyone else to round us out? Uh, you got you, Ulessi? No, we haven't said him yet. No, we have not. No. Yeah, good. I, I look to start with, he was always going to be falling when you got Alex Murphy coming in and I think we all know mm. the potential that he has the Prince that was promised we've, we've changed him to Prince Harry so you know obviously we've lost a bit of faith but on top of that you know there's a there was a good chat between Michael Atkinson um, hashtag Echo Knows and Jason Sherman on uh, on Twitter on one of Is our Sherman, hashtag Shermanator or, or can we start that or just the Shermanator <laughs> yeah we can start that the Shermanator and they were just talking about a young hooker in the Reds Academy Ethan Dobbins who's 22 years old it's kind of on the extended list there but he at west's apparently actually forced ulessi to the bench and started over him at the back end of the west season so knowing wow. that mate harry has left for new york prince harry's gone mate he's left the royal family they will not let him back in i think his stock's going to be plummeting this is, year is that because he had another yeah. seven injuries in one game or something you know what i mean like it's it's very possible let's be honest but look Dobbins, if uh, if you're getting done by Dobbins, I, I know he's very good as a 22-year-old, but that's a, that's a big fall. Yep, absolutely fair. And look, to round us out, the Smokies. Um, we've talked a lot about him, or and I certainly hyped him right up um, after Nelson was talking about Vaihu. Lucas Ripley, I think, could be the big Smoky of the year. I think we perhaps said he was a bit of a Smoky last year as well, but um, <laughs> I just think, look, he's... He's your young gun that you want to get out there, you know, after you want to get some minutes off the bench. And if Kellaway or Monte Iwani, God forbid, gets injured um, or one of your centers goes, or sorry, when the red card happens as well, um, you, you you want to bring him in there at 13 or on the wing. I think he's really exciting. I'm not sure we said anything positive about Ripley in the first half of last season, to be honest. I think we, we were incredibly not. harsh for a young man trying to do his best, but Sometime soon, early in this season, one of the commentators are going to say, Lucas, Lucas Ripley, believe it or not, when he does something amazing. And I'm hanging out for that. I, I'm waiting for it. Smooth. Look, I've, I've got one I'll throw in there. It's absolute smoky. Hilakena Vundongu. Vundongu. Yeah. Um, yep, he's crushed it. Yeah, he's uh, an absolute smoky, but he's an exciting electric winger. It, whether he even gets a chance in this back line, who knows? Probably not. But if he does, he can he can be electric. I mean, let's not forget that Lockie Anderson is back from injury this year as well after making one of the wing spots he's owned a couple of years ago. So there's a lot of competition there. But hey, mate, Vundongo, hopefully he comes through. No, there's also Joe Pincus. Yeah, yeah, there is. Brother, the other you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, no, thank you for those. But hopefully, if look, if Lockie Anderson is um is listed as a uh, back rower again, and I can pick him up in fantasy as a winger, then you know I'll be all about it. It's fine. I'll give it a go. Um, all right, 
Well, that rounds out the Melbourne Rebels and brings us to the last side of the Australian Conference for 23 uh, and clearly the worst side, uh, the Brumbies. <laughs> um, wow. And, Jesus. Uh, We're not going to have any listeners left, mate. Come I know. On. And Harry, yep, good. I was, was going to say the main moved. event. Move to the next slide there. Uh, if you haven't been, uh, you can obviously watch this on YouTube and we've got slides with all the lineups and some hectic illustrations from Nelson. Um, Nels, speaking of you, do you want to take us through the significant ins and outs? You made this, Nels. I didn't know you made the this. Brumbies. I, I thought the Brumbies made this one, to be honest. But... Look, I mean, Nelson would just take credit for it anyway. You know what I mean? It's fine. So it's a, um, uh, but Nels, with that, can you take us through the, the ins and outs of the Brumbies? It's a bit lower quality than mine, but um, the significant ins. Look, we've got some big ones here. Uh, ben O'Donnell, Corey, o, uh, Corey Tool, two guys that sevens background, you know, very exciting outside backs. We've also got Jack Debrasini coming back across apparently as a 10, but obviously we know he can play 15. A very big guy. Had a chance, we think, if he, if he kept his form a few years back to break into a potential Wallaby squad and, and faded away before kind of disappearing to New Zealand and in, in his back. And hopefully he means business because he's an exciting player. And we've got Tamati Tua as well. He's played a little bit of time for the Blues um, as an exciting. He's got, did you know he has 52 caps for Northland? He's 196 centimetres tall and 90 kilos. We're talking about here. Tamati Tua. Oh, what? Yeah, big he's a big boy. He's 196 <laughs> centimetres. Wow. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, huge. He's, he's you know, all of a sudden just shot up Cargi's range. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He had a couple of games for the Blues, though. He, he playing at twelve. He did. Right? I think he played four games or something, but it was it was scattered as well. He, he played one game last year and a few back in twenty eighteen, I think. Yeah. Um, Debrecen is one ninety two as a fly half as well, so they could just go shit. Let's just make a big team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's who I thought you were talking about. But yeah, De- Debra's, of course, that's their new and, and also you said Northland as well, because Deborah Sini had been playing for Northland over in um in the NPC. Oh, he, played, he had that little stint. They got yeah. it going on. He had a little stint well. with the uh the Chiefs and things as well. But um you're right, cohesion right there. Get him in. <laughs> um right. and then the outs. Uh sorry, yeah, great momentum killer. I don't know how we do that, but uh Harry, Harry do you want to take us through the outs? <laughs> yeah, so a huge one, well, few, a huge few, to be honest. Uh, Scott Seo, weapon. Mm. Ira Simone, I think probably the biggest loss to any Australian Super Rugby franchise. Tom Banks, also a reasonably big loss as the Wallabies incumbent, or was. Falau Finger, obviously we've already talked about him tonight, but they have enough depth, thankfully, for that one. And then Rod Iona, the backup 10's gone. Obviously they got Deb to cover him, Lockie yeah. Albert and Cam Clark. It's a shame to see Cam Clark didn't get more of a chance um, just with that last name, he's, his dad being such a legend of the game. I would have loved to see him have uh, have more time. But, um, yeah, lot, lots of big losses there, guys. And, you know, we'll, we'll come to how they're going to cover those, I guess, in our key questions. But there's a lot of experience and quality experience there as well. Absolutely. And we could have seen a lot more of Cam Clark with uh, the likes of uh, Andy Muirhead starting for the uh, for the Brumbies. So, I mean, that's very unfortunate. Um, but let's move on to the best starting 15 uh, for the Brumbies. And when we get to winger, I'll correct you guys uh, later on. But um, in the tight five, uh, James Slipper picks himself. Uh, Nos Lonigan is going to be our starting hooker and he's going to be the backup Wallabies hooker come the World Cup. And uh, Alan Alatoa, Capitan, the big dog. Um, That's a pretty formidable front row. 
And I am so excited to see Nos Lonigan just getting game time. Look, I know he will share it with some of the other guys, but um, I think primarily, you know, particularly in the World Cup year, yeah. he's going to get the, uh, you know, the shuttle seat. So it would be good. Um, and then in locks, we're going to have Darcy Swain and uh, Nick Frost. Uh, and Nick Frost, how good has, was he? his Wallabies tour? Um, he's certainly propelled himself uh, right into the picture in either lock or in six. Um, so hopefully we don't see him getting trialed out at six in the Brumbies. But um, anyway. Geez, I wouldn't mind it. Can, can I be honest? Imagine a 200 centimetre, pretty bloody quick um, number six. I'm happy with him at lock, to be honest. But, um, you know. Same, but geez, 206 centimetre lock. Uh, it's number six. I think it just depends who else you got at six. If we're still feeling a bit thin at six, but I think the Brumbies have the perfect answer for a six, to be honest. And that's onto you, Nelson. That's called a segue right there. You just, you know, pick up where he left off. Just, you know. That was smooth. And it is a man that is is also pretty big lock slash uh, number six. And that's Tom Hooper, the uh, number six. We think he's going to have, well, I think he's going to have a, a big sort of year ahead of him, a breakout year after doing some really positive things in his chances last year. Pete Samu, yes, we've seen him at six. Yes, we've seen him at eight. Feeling the bench, but we think he's got a good shout to get some good game time at the number seven jersey with Bobby Valentini at number eight. I mean, you could easily see Pete Samu, six or eight, but it's just that combination that I think these three would add together that is a really, really positive thing for the Brumbies. Nick White, Noah Lolasio at nine, ten. Not much contention there for me. Yeah, yep. in the centres, you've got anyone and Len Ikatow. That anyone <laughs> could be the giant of a human we just talked about, Tamati Tua. I think there's some calls for Ollie Sapsford or uh, Hudson Crichton, I think, is a chance as well. My pick, I'm going to go with Hudson Crichton in the 12 jersey. He did play outside centre for two of the three games for Australia A, so they obviously see the potential for him as a centre. Can he shift that to the inside centre role? I think he can. I, I think he's got the ball skills. But uh, it, it's obviously going to be a little bit different to Ira Simone. As I said, I think it's the biggest hole from any person leaving an Australian Super Rugby side. So that's probably the key question of if they can fill that jersey for the Brumbies being a real con- contester in the semis and finals this year, to be honest, in my opinion. And then in the outside back, we've got uh, Kagi's favourite, which I'll let him have a rebuttal later, Muirhead, who I think will continue to punch above his weight. Tommy Wright in the right wing and Jesse Mogg at fullback. But, mate, there's some contests here as well. Uh, we'll come to the bench and uh, Kagi's opinions in a second. Excellent. Uh, yeah, on the bench we've got uh, Billy Pollard, pretty handy hooker replacement. Um, and I think the, we've also got, still got Connell McInerney um, around. No. So, yeah, we so do. He's there, but no yeah, one cares. Wa- and I should say Wallaby, Connell McInerney. So they've got, um, you know, they've definitely got some depth there, but... No, it's the it's the young guns that are shining here, and uh, in the propping replacements, we've got Fred Cahill, um, Tom Ross, uh, and this Tom Ross, and I've forgotten the name of the other tight end uh, as well, who's been pretty good. But um, uh, Katai, yeah, Katai, Sefo Katai, he's been he was really really good in a couple of games that uh, Alan was injured last red, year. Man. So yeah, I think he's going to be it's pretty big close red. between those two, to be honest. Yeah, it will for sure. Yeah. So um, that'll be good. And uh, Nels, do you want to take us through to the locks and back row replacements? Yeah, we've got, I mean, it's no surprise, Caden Neville on the bench for us. I mean, he's got to be in the 23, getting or, some game time. Or as Harry, says it, as Harry says it, Caterine Catering. Neville. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which doesn't even make sense when you read his name, but that's all right. 
Um, we've got contention around who will be in the bench back row spot. Jerome Brown, he was close to being a starting number seven for us here, but also Rory Scott, um, very big guy for a number seven, very solid over the ball. I think he's got a really big future ahead of him. So those two are going to fight it out for, for a jersey. Um, Harry, do you want to take us to the next three? And I was just going to say, Rory Scott, if he spent, um, you know, 97 years in the gym, um, he kind of looks like David Pocock as well. So, you know, if he could fill out the frame, then... They um, do They do call him Poey. They do, they do. But he's just got to fill out yeah. the frame. Yeah. yeah. I mean, could, could you have any better comparison? You'd Absolutely take that not. Way, wouldn't you? Look, I got, I got uh, Ryan Lonigan, obviously, the, the fourth-ranked halfback in Australia. He's pretty clearly going to get to the yeah. game time. Wouldn't surprise me if he captains a game off the bench. And then uh, Jack Debrasini, we've got in the 22 jersey, just the versatility he offers to cover Noel Alessio to hopefully give him a little bit of a rest. But also the fact that it means that you can start to shift the rest of the back line pieces around if he's mm-hmm. in the outside backs. And then, again, that last jersey is going to be pretty hard to pick. Uh, I didn't mention CFS, um, Falwe Sortia in the centre battle. Apparently, he's an option there as well. Then you've also got Corey Toole, who we think, after being, you know, just the most outstanding player in sevens last year, I think he actually won the World Sevens Player of the Year award, didn't he? Or was yeah. one of the other Aussies? Um, he just yeah. he, he was just outrageous. Yeah. We're hoping that he can be one of the few sevens players that immediately transfers that to the 15s arena. And uh, we get to see lots of game time from him. But you also got Ben O'Donnell, another sevens player there. So a bit of depth. I'm going to go Corey O'Toole, Corey Toole rather. Yeah, I love yeah it. and it's, it is, um, CFS, speaking of him, um, I mean, we're kind of getting into the key questions here, but um, I mean, he's more of a 13, you'd think, than a 12. And the problem there is Lenny Katow, quite clearly the Wallabies 13. Mm-hmm. So how do you fit him in? But with that, the key question, I think the keyest question, we've already talked about it three or four times, but it is the Brumby centres and filling that hole uh, that was uh, Ira Simone, just the big ball runner and ball player. Um, it's going to be hard to find someone who can do both of those things. And there's going to be about who do they want to replace? Like who can yeah. do one or the other and what do they want? So um, it, that's, that's, mate, that's a big call. It's going to be about who they want to play in that jersey. I think <laughs> some I mean, good insight. What, what do they want? You know, you know what I was going for. But look, I think we should all, we should all say what we think, like who we think will be. Yeah. Obviously, Len's 13. Um, Nels, who do you think will be starting at 12? The start of the year or the end of the year? Start both. of the year. Both. Okay, both. Jeez, it's tough. Um, we should have said uh, I, Yeah. But yeah. we'll just go in, in general. Look, I think Hudson Crichton is going to get some good game time there, but I also think there's a chance Ollie Sapsford. Um, or to my question, Tua. mate. Don't just read um, the list mate, of names. This, guy, this guy's question. lord of sitting on the fence over here. This bloke never get Crichton just because I've made an image and he's in the image. All right. Excellent. Harry, who's starting at 12 for you? Who's finishing at 12? Yeah, it's going to be Crichton. Starting and finishing? Yeah. And just to round it out, um, just on my recent uh, memory mem- mem- memory jogging of the 196 centimeter Tamati Tua, slot him in at 12, boys. Get him in there. Let's do it. There it is. Him at 12. No, no, when no. when, when Town needs a rest, CFS in at 13. There it is, right there. That would do a horrible take I've heard, and that's shifting Len Ikatau into 12. He is not, the out and out. Yeah. Absolutely you know, outside centre for the Wallabies for the next 50 years if he wants it. I, I, I'm sure I, I, he can play 12. That doesn't mean he should. No, I'd like to take solace in 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 that Stephen Larkham won't move him out of 13, surely, you know. Surely. surely. But, um, no, speaking of, uh, you know, 
people that should be replaced. Um, Andy Muirhead. We've, we just talked about the likes of Corey Tool. Surely, surely we Look, just slot him straight in there, get him started, um, and he'll just translate. He'll be like the Etene Nani Saturo from the Chiefs uh, over here in the uh, the Brumbies. Surely. I think one or two things happens this year, Kagi, and that's either Corey Tool takes over Muirhead or Mog drops out, and then we have maybe Tom Wright slot into fullback, and then we get Corey Tool on the wing. Corey Tool is going to end this year as a starting winger for them. He is not an out-and-out sevens player he played one year of sevens and absolutely dominated because he's a weapon and uh it's uh, hopefully we get the man in some space yeah i think Corey's dominated some club rugby and things but look we should we need to press on because we need to we're, we're cracking over the hour mark definitely over the hour mark in this podcast um harry we've got a listener question about the brumbies what do, we, uh, do you want to take us through that yeah it's, it's obviously slightly off topic but uh speaking of brumbies coaches jason sherman the shermanator says, I think the more interesting question is what happens with McKellar under Eddie Jones? Does this failure under Rennie sink his test career? And obviously <laughs> the Brumbies flavour here is, does he end up coming back to work with Stephen Larkham? No, I don't, oh look, I, it, it's going to be interesting, but I, I don't really see that happening. Um, I, I don't know if Eddie Jones is going to throw him out because he seems like quite a hard worker and that's something that Eddie loves. Um, plus he's got the the link with some of the other coaches there who all, all do pretty well uh, in terms of, you know, their, their work around opposition and, and how smart they are as coaches. I, I think he will spend a few years under Eddie, whether he stays there or not, or looks offshore, it's hard to know. But I don't think in any way this is the end of him. Um, and I, I think he's just going to keep pushing forward. Nice, excellent. Um, I agree that with that sentiment, and I, you know, I think um, you don't. If anything, you work harder now. You're in the you're in the Wallabies job. You're in the top job that you've moved. You can move to other than head coach of the Wallabies, and um, he'll be he'll be absolutely frothing in the mouth to learn as much as he can from Eddie. He's got a front row seat to the greatest show in in the in the biz, and um, he'll be absolutely working harder. If anything, so um, Harry, do you think the same? Yeah, I do. I think he's an exceptional set-piece forward coach. I think he he's definitely made a mark on the Wallabies, and I think that his standards are probably high enough that Eddie Jones will look to keep him on. You know, we could we could be yep. wrong, of course, but five years is a long time for the for the next head coaching role. But I think yeah, he's he's probably going to stay around for a while. He's just got to be prepared to you know chuck some sausages on the barbecue when, once they inevitably get delivered. Right. But um, exactly right. look, let's uh, <laughs> let, let's let's speed round through the stocks are rising and stocks are falling. Um, Stocks are rising. We can have one player each, uh, and you just got to rapid, rapid fire it off. Um, Nels, go rapid fire. Uh, Corey Tool. Excellent. That's the fastest for me. I love it. Uh, Harry. Oh, uh, fantastic. Um, it's got to be not Dominic, doesn't it? How do you? You took Has my to be. He's probably the biggest mover in the team. Fantastic. And, look, and I was just going to go with uh, the prince that was promised, Jack Debrusini. Um, just his versatility. Look, I mean, he might even find himself in it, if starting at fullback. You know what I mean? If Jesse Mogg gets injured, uh, who knows? But um, What year was it, mate, that you picked him first as your absolute... I don't know what you're talking about, Harry. Look, you're, mem- you're an old man. Your memory's fading, mate. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Talking about players not going back to teams, it's amazing he didn't go back to the Rebels. You know what I mean? He could com- compete with Carter Gordon for a jersey instead of Wallaby's Noah Lolaseo. Um, I think he felt better of it. Anyway, uh, and stocks are falling. Look, Andy Muirhead, I can take that and we can close the whole chapter. I mean, clearly he's got some competition now from Corey Tool and um, Ben O'Donnell. Um, it's His days are numbered, frankly, and um, hopefully he gets off the starting roster. So um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Caterin, Caden, Neville, 
Uh, I said last year, and I was very wrong. In actual fact, his stocks went way up and he started playing fifty <laughs> games for the Wallabies. Yeah. But I just can't see him staying in front of Darcy Swain and Nick Frost. I That's actually true. dare say that Swain might be the one to drop. Yeah. But uh, if he can keep his, his head clean and, and avoid some cards, I do think it's Swain and Frost. You're, dub- you're doubling down on Neville here. I love it. Yeah. Look, I'm, that- I'm going to say... I'm going to say Jesse, Jesse Mogg. Um, he didn't last very long without an injury last year, 33 years old. Uh, we were unsure what he was going to do when he turned up. He didn't get the chance to show it. So there might be some hopes that are quite high for him still. You're harsh. He looked all right. Yeah, so I, I think the hopes might be still quite high for him, and that's why your heart's going to be broken. Um, I think he's going to get injured early or he's going to fade away and not be a starting 15 for them, even though I do like the bloke. I just I just don't see him at 33 reigniting his career. Is it because you, you guys look the same or is it just... Um... You've got too much hair, man, far too much hair. All right, excellent. And the Smokies, Corey Tool, we've already talked about him. Uh, it's about how many games until he takes Muirhead's jersey. I mean, for me, start him at the start of the season, but um, anyway, we'll press on. Uh, Nelson's got one as well, surely. Nelson, come on. You got Smokey? Talk about your crush. Is it Tom Herper? Rory's oh, got it's got to be Rory's. Oh, yeah. It's got to be Rory, oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pushes, pushes to six and eight. Rory Scott gets some game time. Nelson's no, I mean, Rory Scott is. I mean, Harry's doing Scott for you, Nelson. What's going on, bro? He Rory Scott is definitely getting some starts. There is no doubt about it. It's between Tom and Tom Hooper and him who starts in that back row, and they might share it throughout the year. And not to Correct. forget Kagi's pick for Brumby's best back of 2023 to money to us. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You had it here first. Um, all right. Now, with that, let's push on to uh, so the sweet stuff. Let's get into a little dessert to round out the podcast tonight. What's a god do with that? Desserto. Do what? Do what? Do that? Do that? Do that? Do what? Um, and this is just now that we've finished wrapping up all of the uh, previewing all of the Aussie conference teams. Um, we're going to kind of look at the Aussie conference at a, as a whole. So let's start off with a another listener question. Thank you from Andrew Hoffmeister. Um, the strongest Aussie team rank them. And uh, this is not. Oh, is that a, that is the question? Sorry, that is the question, and that's exactly what we were gonna we, we were gonna do. So um, yeah, 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 yeah. we have some more listeners' questions, but let's get into uh, our ranking of the squads. I love that someone's removed all that from the note. No, it's there. There it is. Um, all right. Well, let's just really quickly look at 2022 Super Rugby <laughs> Pacific. Um, How we were. Say again. How wrong we were for 2022. We all said Reds to come first. We did. I mean, at the halfway point, we but looked pretty good. The, the saddest yeah. part is that Harry was the closest. But look, let me let me tell uh, explain the stitch. The the conference rankings ended up. Uh, Brumbies came in at top uh, fourth in Super Rugby Pacific. The Tars in at sixth. The Reds at seventh. The Force ninth. Rebels tenth. And Drua eleventh. So the order there was Brumbies, Tars, Reds, Force, Rebels, Drua. Can you confirm you were the furthest? And uh, look, that's it's not important. It's just that Harry was the closest to the whole mate. But um, look, I uh, I went. We all went Reds, Brumbies, Waratahs. So we all started off with that. We were confident with the Reds. Um, can't remember why. But Didn't we were out of the Brumbies out after the end of the the halfway point, mate. When they had a few injuries, they, they had a big <clears> from last year. To be fair. That's true. It's because Bunivali didn't play the entire season and score all the tries. I thought he was going to just who's going to score. So, um, but uh, no, uh, look, I mean, I went Reds, Brumbies, Tars, Drua, Rebels, Force. Uh, I was the only one to put the Force at the bottom. Uh, Nels went Reds, Brumbies, Tars, Force, Drua, Rebels, and uh, and then Harry closest to the pin 
Reds, Brumbies, Tars, Horse, Rebels, Drua. So he just got the Reds and the Tars the wrong way around. Yeah, and uh, twenty twenty three predictions. We might, I might go first because Nelson's just copy pasting my answer here, so I'll get it in now. Jeez, uh, I really tried to change it. Tars in one, Brumbies in two, Reds in three, the Andrua coming in fourth, the Rebels in fifth, and the Western Force going to probably pull out last place in the conference. Nelson, do you um, want to just copy paste that or do you want to actually? No, can't, can't you go. Can't you go. I'll see if I can change my mind. No, no, you, you go, Nelson, while I'm thinking, mate. You got a good head start on me, bro. So the moment you copy pasted, Harry, can you be original? No, nah, probably not. Um, look, I, it's, for me, it's very clearly Tars the top because they're just clearly the best side in Australia, maybe in the world. Um, and then behind them, I think the Brumbies, always solid Brumbies, they'll slot into uh, second place in the Australian conference. Uh, I've got Reds in third. Harry was trying to do it. Harry wants me to say Drua, but I just I'm, I'm looking at the red side, and there's just so much talent in their their backs. Um, stuff it, Harry. I'm just going to do it because you want me to. I'm going to say Drua to come in third. Drua to come in third, getting some home games, uh, building up another year. Just just spice it up a little bit, and then uh, Reds Rebels Force. Mate, by the time we started, stopped talking about the Drua last week, I thought they were going to come first in the whole competition, to be honest. This is true. I do love their side, but there's a couple of injuries and they, they look like they're in trouble. So this is um this is great. This is why I made Nelson go next because um look as the as the youngest and most naive here, I just let Harry bait him into uh, putting the juror up third, and um I've just I've held it till now, but just copy pasted Harry's because he's bang on. Yeah, the more you look at it, the more you can't go past it, mate. It's Tars, Brumbies, Reds. Drua Rebels Force uh, cannot cannot fault the Hasman. He was the closest to the pin last year, and I can't see it going any other way. So very good. Go. But um, I look forward to Nelson being the most wrong next year, and um, us having a laugh. Like you this yep. year, guys. We we have got a few more questions, so let's let's rattle through these. We got one here from Rev. So he said, for the Brumbies and Rebels, both sides have some selection hags around where they use their Wallaby outside backs. Before Rennie was fired, I'd hope that he got in the coach's ears about what he wanted. So how do you see Tom Wright? Tom Wright. Who else we got here? Reese Hodge. Reese and Hodge and Andrew Callaway being used now. That that's not a consideration. Well, look, for mine, I... I hope that um, Tom Wright is actually, I mean, I know we don't have really have an answer at fullback, but he's a winger for mine. Um, I want to see Tom Wright just play wing. Andrew Kellaway, um, yeah, we've already said, do not put the man in at 13. And for me, he is he can be a, a winger or fullback. I don't mind if they play him in either. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him get some game time at fullback uh, because we really don't have an answer to that in the Wallabies. Um, but if, if, you got to play Reese Hodge somewhere, so that means Hodge is going into the centres. So maybe look what happens: Ray New red carded in the first two games, then Hodge's into the centres, Kellaway fullback for the rest of the season, and that's job done there. But um, and the last player who we had there was uh, yeah, oh, was Hodge. Yeah. yeah, Hodge. I never know with Hodge. I don't care as long as he's on the field. For me, he's he's your twenty. He's in your twenty three jersey in the Wallabies. Um, because he's just got to be in and around. He's Mister Fix It, but I still don't know what his best position is. So there you go. <laughs> He, yeah, he could have I, a, an exceptional career, man. I think back to Adam Ashley Cooper and how he played that role for so long, and he ended up just such a silver fox tearing it up for the Wallabies. I, I think Hodgie might have the same career. He's he's very good, man. I think we're we're a bit harsh on him, and he's just got so, such unique skills with his boot as well. 
I'm not sure harsh on him. I think we all actually quite like him. But look, to, to be honest, I, I I was thinking there was a chance that we get to see Kellaway shift to fullback. But if I'm honest, if I'm thinking of Eddie Jones, Please he's going to simplify. He's simplifying the. He's going to simplify the attack. He doesn't have a lot of time. Um, with the Wallabies and Reese Hodge could be the man at fullback for him. Uh, his kick is just going to play a lot of field position, something that Eddie is not necessarily afraid to do in, in the right moments. And, and having someone with a huge boot on like him could be the the man for the role. Um, yeah. I don't think we see Tom Wright. You know, he's, he's not a round enough player to play fullback. So I don't think Eddie's in the ear going, can you put Tom Wright at, at uh, fullback? So the only one is maybe do they shift Kellaway there under Eddie's, you know, advice. But as I said, I think Hodge is probably the man there for him. Excellent. All right. And our next listener question um, are we from Ando. What do you see changing in 2023 for the Melbourne Rebels in terms of the quality of their performance? Monty, uh, Harry- yeah. Oh, look, I, I think the Monty, biggest thing is they're, they're trying very, very hard to build their cohesion. So I think if nothing else, and, and look, the other thing is they 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 admitted that they didn't have enough time put into their defence last year. They focused a lot on their attack. So they're scoring a lot of points, but they were just leaking way too many. So I expect their defence, because of their cohesion and their focus on it, to be a lot better this year. I think that means that they'll have a lot of tighter score lines. Um, I, I still think they probably won't quite have enough to get more than four wins or so in a year. But uh, I, I think, yeah, tighter D and tight contests throughout. I think they'll be very competitive with most sides. Yep, absolutely. Nelson, you got anything to add? No, really. I think that's it. The co- cohesion is a big thing for them. But I think last year they, they definitely you know, lacked someone of Ioani's prowess on the wing with Korovidi going. So for, for them, I think he's going to be a real point of difference for them. If you've got Hodge and Kellaway, the other two outside backs, they're quite smart, versatile players, but you've got someone like Ioani who's an absolute game-breaker. Um, so between the three of those guys and how they work together, I think it's going to be really exciting for them moving forward. Yep, and I hate to be to beat the same drum, but I think um, very simply, it's just if they're talking cohesion, that's great because all they need to do is just have the same players playing week in week out. There was way too much chopping and changing last year. Carter yeah. Gordon was having a real rough time. It's just like pick and stick, see what happens, and um, you know they've got some cattle to win some games. So definitely, Mitch from the pick and drive fellas has said, will the loss of McKellar affect the Brumbies' chances going one better than twenty twenty two? Look, uh, I don't think so. Um, I think they've got some pretty established systems uh, there, like uh, over the last several several years, um, and they're not going to go away from those. Uh, and Lord Lord Laurie Fisher will still be there and around, um, you know, g- governing governing those. Um, and if anything, Stephen Larkham's just going to add some more flair to that backline. So, I, you know, I think if anything, they can go get even better. I, I, I think um, expect that from Larkham, even though his team when he came in, which just went so forward driven, just no backline play whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> that's just that's just the Brumbies, I think. So that's the thing. But look, I I think yes, McKellar's a part of a loss for them. And, and but if you throw in R.A. Simone, Tom Banks, Falafanga, Scotty Sia, I think their last year was their best year 
with consistency of coaching, consistency of these players to really have a crack. And yes, I think they're a very solid side, but there are questions creeping into, you know, positions and who starts. And I, I don't think this is the year for them. I think this is a year to push and be really solid and give it a fair crack. Who knows? They could win the Aussie conference. They could get into a semi. I don't see them, you know, winning the, the competition like I thought they had a real good crack at last year. So I think under a new coach and some real changes in personnel, they need to answer questions at who's your year 12, who's a, who's going to fill the roles in their outside backs, you know, long term. And if they can answer those, it's the next couple of years that they can build back into being, you know, real shots at winning the comp. Very good. Um, we're going to go on to our next question here as I draw it up on the page. Uh, from at Thalliums, he says, I've got the uh, the squad on, on the page there, guys, for you to see. Who are you most excited to see in action at the Western Force? Mate, I don't need the squad up on the list. It's easy for me. Um, Rupani Mata, no, it's just shaggy. Um, for me, Chase Tiatia, that's who I'm most excited to see, what he can do um, with loads of ball in hands, game time and opportunity. So I can't wait to see what Chase can do. Nels? Uh, for the sake of being a little bit different, I'll say Jackson Pugh. I, I think he's got a, a huge future ahead of him and his year over playing in New Zealand is just going to help push him into bigger things this year. And I really hope he earns a starting jersey and, and gives it a real crack. And I'm going to Isaac Rodder. Um, obviously he played a bit last year, but has, it feels like he's been absent for so, so long and he's just such an integral part of that team. I'm really looking forward to him establishing himself as a Wallabies, you know, starter, ideally, just being a very physical, consistent presence for them. Awesome. Um, all right, and our next question by the same listener at Thalliums. Um, will, uh, with all the off-season recruitment and academy recruits, can Simon Cron build cohesion quickly enough to get more wins this year? Nels. Sorry. Um, short answer, no. Uh, can, he, can he build enough cohesion? No, I, I really don't think he can. I think the good thing for them is that at least that there's not going to be, you know, widespread changes through their starting lineup um, in the forward pack at the very least. But I'm, I'm quite worried about Rishan Pasatel moving in the dump, being injured, sorry, and the dominant effect that's going to have. Um, Hegarty 10, Stewart 12, Bailey Kunzel 13. There's just nothing to build on from last year there. Yes, they've still got Matele and Pulu, but Chase Tiatia are another, another man coming in that back line that's just completely changed. So I, I hope they can build trust very quickly. And I think, you know, it's going to have to be an absolute salvage from Hamish Stewart being, you know, the defensive gun that he is to try and bring that team together. But I'm, I'm pretty worried that uh, even then, you know, we've got Kunzel trying to learn a new position at outside centre. There's, there's a lot of question marks about how that team fits together from a cohesion point of view. No, I don't believe I don't. it can fix it quick enough. I 100% agree. Look, I, I think the one thing that's interesting for me is you see the likes, I, I don't know if there's any signs to it, but the likes of Bryce Hegarty, Hamish Stewart, I, I think they're two really mature players in how they play footy and, and link up with the guys around them. So if they can have a really, really solid start to the year and build on on their combinations throughout the year, that's, that's the best thing they can hope for because they do have some weapons out but yeah you can't rush cohesion so there's just not much of it there yep absolutely fair and look rounding us out i think our last listener question and it's fantastic guys getting all these listener questions in i'm not sure what time today harry tweeted them out but you know we love engaging with everyone listening uh it's what it's why we keep turning up uh it's why i keep putting up with these two to be frank um but uh no from kirsty at scarab cat um, and also, who will be the sea of blues? Uh, who who will the sea of blue be excited to see this year? A lot of fan favourites have left. 
Um, who will who will be who will win the, the coveted first signature on the cap? Who's who's going to be the star? It's Manasseh uh, Matahili, mate. It's got to be Manasseh Matahili, <laughs> doesn't it? It's just so clearly Manasseh Matahili. Give me his signature. You agree? I mean, it's pretty hard to disagree. It's <laughs> Manasseh Matahili will be a fan favourite for Australians, New Zealands, Fijians. You know, anyone that watches the competition, he'll be a fan favourite. So, I mean, I'd be getting his signature no matter what. Yeah. No, look, we'll, yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll get uh, you, you're not going to get any uh, argument out of me, mate, for sure. That's who I'd be heading straight for. But uh, but otherwise, Rodder, I think I think Rodder will step up and play a really strong leadership role, kind of as Harry was just talking about. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he's, you know, he could well be back into starting for the Wallabies this year. He's that type of player. So we, we hope to see a really big year out of him. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Well, look, I think that's going to round out uh, and conclude our Super Rugby Pacific Australian Conference preview. We hope we have provided some insights um, and you guys are as excited as we are for Super Rugby Pacific and the Aussie teams this year. Um, and I think next week, uh, unless we've got another episode, we're going to start ripping into what you're really here for, which is the New Zealand Conference previews. Oh, sorry, that's just what I'm here for. But um, uh, And I don't know which teams we'll start with, but um, be sure to Hit us up on um, Twitter to in with your questions and uh, any thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, don't forget YouTube. It's on there. Um, got all the slides. It's been great to see so many people getting in, commenting on the on YouTube and uh, interacting as well. So keep that coming. It's uh, it's really worth putting the time in to to chop this up and put it on there for the fans. So it's been great to get that traction. Get that traction. That's it. How far off uh, monetization are we, Harry? It's just probably uh, about a zillion. Ten, oh, we just made our first million. Have you guys not seen the money? Oh, well, sorry. What? What's going? Excuse me. What's going on? <laughs> oh, did you buy us those to... VIP Waratahs memberships then, or something from all that YouTube money? Is that what's going on? Or yeah, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean that's that's it. If anyone wants to chip in for our <laughs> Waratahs memberships, you know, was it? Nelson's going to start a GoFundMe. I've got a kid now, so I'm not sure if I can pay for it. So if anyone else wants to pay for me, just let me know. Excellent. Well, on that bombshell, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Draft Rugby Show, the pod they play in heaven. Hey, Ru.